Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Instincts Culture. I'm Denise Salcedo, and I'm very happy to introduce today's guest. She is a former Knockouts champion and a former two-time Knockouts tag team champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Impact Wrestling's very own Taylor Wilde. Hey, Taylor. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. You know, I feel like your story and your journey in wrestling is definitely an interesting one. So I can't wait to kind of get to the bottom of it and all of that. But before we get into all of the details and everything, how are you? How's your day so far? I'm great. I'm always great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am a Toronto firefighter. So I do 24 hour shifts and I just got off work this morning at seven. It is now three o'clock. So I'm starting to feel the effects of being on shift for 24 hours, but seeing your beautiful face is energizing me. So I'm, I'm great. Wait, so you're telling me, okay, so you did a 24 hour shift as a firefighter. And then did you get any sort of rest in between then? And then you're coming on and, you know, continuing the work mode. Well, here, let's, 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 let's backtrack. <laughs> so I worked last Wednesday, flew out for Bound for Glory on Thursday, flew home on Sunday, Canadian Thanksgiving, was at the fire hall for 600 hours on Monday. So here we are. So I, I'm just used to being a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Here's the thing. Like I'm always fascinated with this type of stuff, especially because I just think to myself, like it, it's a, you're living two different lives that are so polar opposite, you know, pro wrestler. And then you got firefighter. I mean, how do you, I guess, see yourself in terms of like, this is the world I live in and certain times of my life. And then this is an entirely different world that I live in, uh, you know, polar opposite. Well, if you followed my story, which I know you said you have, um, I am a total misfit. I make no sense. <laughs> and so, you know, this, this life, it, 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 this is who I am. It's, um, you know, if you follow my social media, you'll see, I talk about witchcraft and the occult and, uh, I've lived this like extremely masculine work life. And as I've entered my thirties, I've also really stepped into like my divine feminine power. So, I really thrive in this world that is both masculine and both feminine. And I'm really at my happiest. Truly, I am. I'm so happy to be back in wrestling. Um, I think my femininity really stepped up when I became a mom. And I really embraced that whole maternal side of me. And that, you know, not everybody fits in a box. And that's okay. You know, it, to me, it's it's interesting because I feel like there's always this like norm of like this expectations for women of like, oh, you gotta, uh, you like you can go. Like, obviously now more so it's pushed like, hey, go to college, get a career. But for the yeah. most part, they're like, hey, get married, have children, uh, you know, maybe be a stay at home mom. Which there's nothing wrong with that, but it is very interesting to see when people go outside of those norms and you know do something totally different because it's sort of you know unexpected for a lot of people still oh gosh and the firefighting world specifically is very different because there's such a physical component to get hired so that is why historically there is not as many women as there are say representing in like the police force or the military or paramedicine um so for me yeah i don't it's just it's been this really interesting dichotomy because being in such a masculine role as a firefighter where only women make up two percent of departments in north america has actually really forced me to embrace my feminine side because 
I wasn't looking to be one of the guys. Like I am one of the guys. Like I do the same job they did. I wrote all the same tests. I did all the same interviews. I don't have to change who I am. And actually being in such a masculine role really brought out that feminine side of me. It's this really, really weird world. I had to do everything the hard way. Yeah. And so I do want to ask you about that because, you know, you mentioned this stat about, you know, the 2% women and, you know, not really, you know, when you think of firefighters, like you mainly think, oh, it's, you know, obviously a male dominated uh, profession. And so with that being said, like you, you're doing that on that end, but then pro wrestling can, is also pretty male dominated, whether it's, you know, the wrestlers on screen, obviously you have more female wrestlers, obviously, but you know, on screen, the fans as well, even behind the scenes, uh, you know, production wise, media wise, it's very, very male dominated. So you're kind of, you know, doing both of these things in two male dominated worlds. Yeah. And it's funny you touched on that because I think long term, especially coming back at 36 and this being kind of like the second half of my career, uh, women's wrestling is in such an amazing place. There's so many more women. The talent pool is diverse. And, you know, women are taking, taken a lot more seriously because wrestling has changed completely. Uh, but where it hasn't changed is the backstage element. We don't see as many women uh, in production, in uh, creative. And that is definitely something as I'm aging, uh, something I would really like to learn more about because just like my podcast and, and yourself, having a women's opinion about women is just going to come across differently. And what better way to tell that story than somebody who's lived that life? You know, Gail is an incredible agent because she's incredibly, an incredible female wrestler. And we've seen a little bit of women on the production side. My old tag team partner, Sarita, Sarah Stock, she was on the creative side for WWE. We've had some female trainers, really respected uh, Sarah Del Rey. Um, There's been quite a few women but it's still really like 1%, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're still like one to 20 as female wrestlers and it's way, way, way uh, smaller on the opposite side of things. So yeah, you know, I wish I was, there's times where I'm at home and I'm like, I wish I could just kick back, relax, take a little bit of like a gender neutral role, but no, I just, I really want to do the work. I really want to make things difficult for myself and I want to be part of the change. Yes. And here's the thing. And then you, I, I ask you this because, you know, you mentioned how there's times where you like just want to relax and you just want to chill. But on top of it, you're like, oh, my God, I have all these things that I want to do, all these goals that I want to accomplish. If I'm just sitting here on the couch relaxing, this is the time that I could be using to focus on my work. Right. Do you feel like there's like this? The I don't know. Do you feel like you suffer with like some sort of guilt when you're not like doing the work or something? <laughs> it, it's something that I feel. <laughs> Do you feel like you suffer from some sort of mental illness? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, no, no. So in my younger days, uh, I was definitely guilty of burnout. But over the past few years, I've done this real deep dive into mental health because of my firefighting job, uh, spirituality, self-care, being conscious, uh, therapy, traditional talk therapy. And I've really learned that being busy, being an overachiever is a hundred percent a trauma response. You know, if you're busy, if you're producing, then people look at you and they assume, oh, look, look how much that girl has her life together. Look how much she's done. But really for a lot of people, 
you know, if you're busy, if you're covering up, you're not dealing with yourself. So I make sure that as hard as I work, you know, the more I do, the more I can do. I also take a lot of time for self-care mentally and physically. So, uh, no, I never feel guilty when I'm like, you know what? Today is sweatpants, eat M&Ms, watch Netflix all day. I feel zero guilt because if I don't take those days, then I'm not going to be productive. And that goes across the board for anybody. You need those days to chill out, turn your brain off, be a slug, and then you can get back to it. Oh, I love it. You know, it's very comforting to hear that, especially when you're pulling double duty and living two totally different lives. So, uh, so Taylor, I do want to talk about that because, you know, we mentioned earlier, you know, your, your journey in pro wrestling. So I kind of want to ask you, and I want to rewind a little bit to your, you know, early career in, in, in wrestling and your time, your first period of time uh, with Impact, then, you know, TNA. But I want to ask you, how do you feel that, you first started your uh your your first run in impact how do you feel you sort of cemented your uh legacy in terms of who taylor wilde is when you think of all of the women and all of the athletes that have stepped into impact wrestling when you think of your first period there you know former knockouts champion we mentioned a two-time knockout uh knockouts champion with uh all that you did there how do you look back at that period in your life oh time of my life girl you know i you know, I, I'm a big believer in the universe and everything happens for a reason, but, you know, entering into TNA when I did, when the knockouts had really established this really different thing that no other major uh, television show for wrestling was showing. Women had more than one match on a show. They had more than four to six minutes. They had multiple storylines running. And here am I, little Taylor Wilde, not really that known. I'm just, you know, 20, 21 years old. They're putting me in this awesome Kong $25,000 challenge as this fan. And, you know, the fans are like, who's this girl? And even though I had been on the indies for quite a long time, and a lot of my sisters were in the locker room, they had already been establishing, you know, being a knockout. And here I am coming in, becoming knockouts champion when all these girls have been waiting their turn. There was a lot of pressure. Um, I thrive under chaos. That is one thing I do well. And awesome Kong Kia, she is 100% responsible for forming the Taylor Wilde through that quintessential female version of David and Goliath. She was, is an incredible worker. I have all the respect for her, but even more so, she's an incredible person. Um, she was very old school. She was like, okay, girlfriend, like, let's see what you got. Like, I'll see you out there, kid. She made me earn my role with her. It's not like it was like open arms. Yes, girl, let's tell this beautiful story. It was like, okay, let's see what you can do. And once you have established who you are and we have a great match, which thank the Lord we did. <laughs> yes. We had the best, most fun time over three years, basically doing that story and doing that match, whether it was a house show or it was for tapings. And obviously we did different matches, but you know, we were basically kind of telling the same story. I'm five foot two. She's a six foot, 300 pound monster. That's not 300 pounds. She was like 200. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yes. bigger is perspective. It's captivating um, for the audiences to see that. Yeah. And like all these full circle moments happened. Uh, one of my uh, highlights of my career was going down to Monterey, Mexico. And I went there because fellow Canadian, 
uh, Sarita, Sarah Stock, had been living there. She became fluent in Spanish. She's from Winnipeg. She brought me down there and I spent three months there. And, you know, learning how to wrestle is one thing, but then taking your small amount of independent wrestling experience and going to a country where people are competing to eat. You know what I mean? People, that is their livelihood. So here you are, a little blonde girl, like, hi, I'm here to wrestle. And, you know, they're like, okay, the same sort of thing. Like, let's see what you have. Are we going to make money together? And then, you know, a few years later, here comes my home girl, my tag team partner, and we become the first knockout tag team champions in TNA history. So, I had so many highlights and I really feel like everything I did in TNA was such a blessed experience. And that entire time shaped my character. It wasn't like I really came in with the story I wanted to tell because I really was just this young, athletic, hungry female professional wrestler. And it was my colleagues and it was the other knockouts who really brought that character out into the story you saw. When you finally uh, stepped away, when you decided to, you know, do other things, uh, how 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 different was that for you to be like, okay, you know what, I'm going to really, you know, pause on this, something that I've been working on for a good amount of time to, you know, completely divert and go a different direction. What was your thought process like there? Uh, do you uh, feel that you did the right thing? Do you look back on that and think maybe I should have done things differently? What's your thought process on, on all of that? Well, I, I always say this, but I caught the most amount of flack from my fellow wrestlers when I left at 25 because they're going, what on earth are you doing? You're 25. You're arguably at the peak of your career. But I knew mentally I was burnt out. Like on a personal level, I was burnt out. You know, I'd been on the road since I was 18. You can't develop relationships. Nothing feels like home anymore. You're living out of suitcases. Don't get me wrong. I had a blast because all I did was travel and perform and do what I love. But that as well, uh, on a professional level, I had done everything I possibly could as a knockout. I was put into every storyline with the knockouts. I had these amazing experiences with the beautiful people. Like we got to do a pageant. You know, I had this long reigning storyline with Awesome Kong. And it kind of got to the point where TNA was changing. Management was changing. The storylines were changing. I was changing. And I just, I never wanted to be that woman in the locker room who was burnt out. I never wanted to fade out. I rather go back to life as a civilian and figure it out. So could I have done things differently? No, I did everything I could as Chantal Miloski that my 25 year old brain could kind of push for myself. I needed to step away for that 10 years. I needed to go on a completely different journey. I had to have some incredibly humbling experiences. Being a firefighter is incredibly it's, it's, it's this work that gives you an unbelievable amount of gratitude because you get to really see life and death every day. Uh, and it just made me realize what is important to me, my family, my friends, but it also made me realize I've been a closeted creative all this time. I thought it was this type A athletic jock. I was just one of the boys. I'm just like a wrestling firefighter. But that element was missing. But it took me 10 years to be this person that I am now. And now all the shame is gone. All the boundaries are gone. I'm just living this crazy, misfitted, authentic version of Taylor Wilde that 
wasn't there before. She was, but she was like trying to figure it out. Like what people have to realize is when you become a professional wrestler at 20 for a major company for WWE, and then you spend your formative years on the road with other wrestlers, you don't really know who you are because you're, you're just living this like circus life <laughs> of, you know, having fun, but you're missing out on these crucial life experiences. And so now I know who I am and I am unapologetic. And I am ready for the wrestling world to see who this version, the most authentic version of Taylor Wilde is because I'm just so freaking happy. And I feel like I have so much to give. And I feel it too. Like I'm listening to you and I'm just thinking to myself, like inside of my head, like, wow, at 25 years old, she had the, the, like the, the, the instincts, right? The, the, not the knowledge to be like, you know what? I think it's time to step away. Cause not a lot of people can do that. You know, that's incredibly hard to be like, oh, well, you know, I worked so long to get to this point. Uh, and all of a sudden I'm going to go in an entirely different direction. So during this time away from pro wrestling, were you still keeping up with the product? Were you watching things? Uh, what was that like? So it was hard, you know what I mean? Because wrestling was who I was. It's it's what I, it's all I knew, right? And I, I did, I worked incredibly hard. I did all I could do, but I was burnt out. So there, with burnout, you know, you're a little bit like me wrestling. Um, but I was so proud and like like a mother hen watching all these women continue their careers. I was so proud of everyone I came up with, men and women, excuse me, and watching them go from one company to another and their journeys. Uh, and, and I just felt this overwhelming, uh, you know, love and support. I kept up with my friends, which was, you know, a lot of people, less about the storylines, more about like, oh, I'm so happy. Look at them go. Uh, but you know, it, it would go, it would ebb and flow. I would get more invested. I would get less invested. Uh, I think it was in ah, terrible with years, but that first May Young challenge. Um, oh, I the May Young, the first May Young classic that they did. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I was invited to that. And that was, you know, when Tegan Knox and Tony Storm and all those women were hired. And, uh, I, you know, I have told this story before, but I did get back in the ring. I got a concussion, probably the worst concussion I've ever had in my career. And I thought, what on earth am I doing? I'm 30. I said, I'm walking away from this. I meant it. The universe literally smacked me over the head and was like, no girl, <laughs> it's not your time. Um, you go back to being a firefighter. And, you know, shortly thereafter, I became a mom. And, um, you know, I've, I've done really well in my careers. I have an incredible family, a friendship support system. I have a beautiful boy, but girl, I cannot keep a relationship together. So, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I got two divorces over that time. And uh, this is the first time I've been single as an adult. Uh, I've missed that whole dating app thing. So now I'm, I'm, I, I never realized how much of a privilege it is to be single. And I am living, I am living my best life right now. I can say, I can feel it. I'm like, I just want to step into your world for like 10 <laughs> seconds at least. You know, I love that. I, I really, I love your energy, Taylor. Mm. And I know that you're out here like, oh, I can't keep a man or whatever, you know, girl, trust me, it'll happen when it happens. Okay. Like the moment will come. <laughs> you know what? I don't, I'm not looking for it. I like, I can only say it in jest because we live in such a bizarre world, right? Like we've gone through COVID where we've all been isolated and the one thing I just want to say is like, I am messy and I am unapologetic about being messy. It's just life is funny, right? Like that's how I see it. We all have stresses. We all go through these 
incredibly challenging parts of our lives. And I just want to say like, I'm there. I do not have my shit together, but I'm happy and I am the first one to live my truth. So if it brings anybody a little joy to laugh with me at my own demise, please. Yes. And I feel like when you look back at it, like once, you know, you later, later, later on in your life, you're going to be like, dang, I really did that. Like I was out there wrestling and stuff. And at the same time, I was helping save people's lives. Like, come on, that's not something that everybody can say. Uh, So with that being said, Taylor, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, getting that concussion uh, and you having sort of taken that a little bit as a sign from the universe saying, go back, you know, don't come back to this world. You made the right decision. But then lo and behold, you ended up coming back to pro wrestling. So when you came back was there any sort of like what were were you nervous thinking like oh my god like maybe something's gonna happen to me along the same lines of you know that concussion like were you worried no I so there that that never crossed my mind the injury part like that that was like you know it was an incident I felt like it was literally a universal like smacking me over the head telling me nope not right now I got the message. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was a moment when I was standing in Gorilla before I re-debuted um, back in March 2020. I've lost all track of time now. Uh, no, 2021, excuse me. And uh, just before my music hit, can I swear on this podcast? Oh, yeah, you can. I yeah, was no literally worries. like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, seriously, what the fuck am I doing? I am wearing sparkly tights again. I am 35 years old. I am a mom. I am a firefighter. What am I doing? And (laughs) my legs felt like cement. I was like sweating my entire career. I've never felt nervous, like excited, excited, nervous. But there was literally a moment where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Seriously. You're like, am I crazy? Like, am I like bat shit insane at this moment? I, I literally was having a full inner monologue and I was just like I was I've made this decision way too late (laughs) here we go (laughs) so when you finally walked out the curtain you know you did your stuff how did you feel afterwards did you feel like okay this is okay I'm gonna keep moving forward as soon as I hit the stage all the all the negative self-talk cycle which is just you know is in all of us you know you question everything you do and I was going through a lot of personal stress at the same time and I think that was probably a bigger part of it because when I hit that stage and I saw all my wild ones and all my sisters, I was like, Oh, I am home. (laughs) And it just all washed away within seconds. Um, But (laughs) clearly a moment where I was like, what on earth? But yeah, that, that dissipated the second I hit the stage and I was like, no, no, this is where I'm meant to be. I know that I am meant to be here. Yes, follow. I feel like the key here is follow your intuition, do what you need to do at the time of your life when you need to do it. Taylor, I feel like you and I can talk forever, really, but I know you got a lineup of interviews that you got to do. So my last question for you is now that you're back in impact, now that you've been doing what you've been doing, uh, you know, talk to me about the uh, difference really that you're seeing right now uh, with, you know, from back then to now. And then also, you know, some of the goals that you have within the company. Yeah, well, let me start with the second part. Uh, so I'm back like period. I have been literally sitting on the bench for a year because of COVID and my personal life. So I'm like, I am here for everything. Like, I don't care. Like I, I want the title. I want the tag team titles. I, I just, I want a piece of all the new talent because the knockout locker room really is this incredibly diverse, um, pool, like talent pool of women. Uh, Mickey James, 
her and I have had these parallel careers. We've always been good buds. We've also been on the spiritual journey together and get to bond over these witchy things that other people don't understand. She's also a mom. She's also like in the latter half of her career. But let's just talk about how all of us old girls, we all look, we're all like, you know, we're, we're, we're elongating the game. Thank you. Thank you. You're killing it. It's very exciting. Very exciting <laughs> stuff. Hell yeah. Because for a long time, it was only men. And like, oh, like the older guys got to come back and do their thing. And it's like, oh, well, you know, we, we women, we have a clock. And by the time we're 30 it's like we're you know put out to pasture or whatever truly and that's how it was when I left at 25 so I thought well fuck everyone's like you know you're leaving at 25 and I was like well really I only have five more years so what's the what's the diff but now it's it's a completely different game uh but yeah it, you know I'm so excited to hopefully get my opportunity to finally have a match with Mickey James uh because it's someone I've respected for so long it's someone I love both in inside the ring and outside the ring. Um, and then what was the other half of the question? Uh, really just like the differences between like the, the oh. roster, the company back then. And then like now, obviously, you know, we have Scott Demore and just, just so many changes. Yeah. So uh, the one thing I will say is, you know, TNA Impact has always been the, on the cutting edge of what's going on with women's wrestling. And I feel that the first time I was in TNA, you know, that that focus really changed the trajectory of women's wrestling and all the other major companies have really, you know, stepped up their game and refocused how women are perceived on television and professional wrestling. And now, you know, uh, Impact really spearheaded, I believe, this intergender movement. And coming back for that gauntlet match, Call Your Shot Gauntlet, it was really interesting because had it been 15 years ago, 10 years ago, it would have been called intergender wrestling. There was no mention of intergender. It was just a match. And I'm really excited to be in this new world because the one thing, uh, I don't know if you uh, watch Tommy Dreamer's uh, or, or listen to Tommy Dreamer's podcast, but he's the reason I have my career. Him and Scott Demore both. They've had this like cyclic, you know, uh, Scott's known me since I was 17 years old, uh, wrestling in Windsor and BCW, and he brought me to TNA, whereas Tommy was the reason I got to WWE. So having the both at Impact has, again, been this real full circle, world is crazy, the universe is amazing moment. Um, but they, they, they have just been the forerunners of this change in women's wrestling. So I don't know. There's just, there's so much I want to do both in the ring backstage. There needs to be more female representation backstage. And like I said, I'm not getting any younger. I still got loads of gas in the tank, but I, I'm really in wrestling for the long haul. Hell yeah. Well, I love it. I was so happy to see you in the Call Your Shot gauntlet. I was like, what the heck's going on when you did that whole spot with, with a bully Ray? I was like, what is happening right now on my screen? But it was funny. You were hyped, man. I love it. Uh, the number one, like one of the takeaways when I was reviewing Bound for Glory was like none of the women's matches come out here and feel like fillers, right? They don't feel like that. In fact, Masha Slamovich, Jordan, uh, Jordan Grace was like my match of the night. Then Mia Yim and Mickey killed it. I mean, there was just so much good stuff on the show. But take Taylor, I know you got to go. Uh, please let the people know where they can follow you and support you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so on my Instagram and Twitter, it's at real Taylor Wild. That's Taylor Wild with an E. I have my very own podcast called Wild On, where I bring in 
everybody who's arguably at the top of their career, both men and women. And what's different about my podcast is I'm a professional wrestler. They're a professional wrestler. That's pretty much we all touch on about wrestling. It is more of an intimate conversation about dating, about our traumas, about what movies we're watching, about our musical choices. And we get wild every Wednesday. A new episode is dropped anywhere where you enjoy podcasts. And it is also a YouTube channel if you want to watch at any time the pretty ladies and the handsome men of professional wrestling talk. And then I do have TikTok. It is... Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's I'll find there. the link and I'll post yeah, it. Yeah, you find me on TikTok. I think I'm very funny. I don't know. There's <laughs> five people that think I'm funny as well. So, well, I think you're funny. Everyone. Based on this interaction, I think you're funny. <laughs> I love it. Taylor, seriously, thank you so much for this conversation. I feel like we can do this again a million yeah. times over. I'm going to go ahead and post all of the links where you guys can follow Taylor and show her some love in the description box below. Other than that, I'm Denise Salcedo. This is Taylor Wilde. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone.